Today, Rinpoche explained how all of the six perfections are necessary in order to attain complete Buddhahood. And when looking at the perfection of patience, not only are negativities opponents to patience, patience is an opponent to negativity. So when we engage in the practice of patience, we're actually getting rid of our delusions. Okay. All right. So, Dixon. That's Okay, so, uh, so when we look at uh, the section on the perfection of patience, um, we see that the perfections in general are of the utmost importance for the achievement of omniscience, for the achievement of unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. So uh, being able to um, bring sentient beings to a state of complete Buddhahood um, and achieving that uh, through the state of omniscience has as its root compassion. So when we look at what leads up to the um, all-knowing mind of the Buddha, or we look at what the root of the all-knowing mind of the Buddha is, we would say that it is compassion. And we see this sentiment expressed in uh, Kamala Shila's um, um, mid, uh, stages of, of meditation, uh, where, I just want to find the exact quote. Uh, uh, so anyway, in the beginning, um, we'll see that it says that uh, the root um, of this exalted wisdom um, is, uh, the root of the exalted wisdom uh, is great compassion. Um, so if one wishes to go to the other side, uh, then that compassion is what uh, is the um, root, or what is the root. So, uh, I'll keep looking. So, when we look at the word omniscience, omniscience itself is a result. Uh, so, um, what causes this omniscience to take place? Uh, and when we look at the um, uh, various texts, it says that compassion is its root, but one needs to have a practice of all of those six perfections in order for uh, um, com uh, in order for this generation uh, to occur. Um, so, um, here it says um, in, in this, okay, so I found it. Um, Having entered into this practice, they will certainly complete the collection of merit and insight. Accomplishing the accumulation of merit and insight is like having omniscience itself in the palm of your hand. Therefore, since compassion is the only root of omniscience, you should become familiar with this practice uh, from the very beginning. Um, uh, so, uh, and it, then it says, if you're asked, uh, compassion, great compassion alone is the unavoidable cause of the non-abiding uh, nirvana of the Buddha. 
Um, so if one wishes to go to the other side, to the perfection, then great compassion is uh, what brings one there to that, that point. Um, then The awakening mind of bodhicitta. Okay, so this is the other quote. Vajrapani, Lord of Secrets, the transcendental wisdom of omniscience has its root in compassion and arises from a cause, the altruistic thought, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and the perfection of skillful means. Therefore, if you are interested in achieving omniscience, you need to practice the three, compassion, awakening mind of bodhicitta, and skillful means. Uh, so uh, those are the related quotes um, to the need for uh, this practice. So we see compassion as its root, and then the mind that aspires to enlightenment, and then the skillful means, so the, per the perfection of those six perfections. So, it states that um, all sentient beings have this Buddha potential or Buddha nature. Um, many Buddhas have come. So we've had many Buddhas, many beings that have um, become Buddhas, if you will, or many Buddhas that have come. Um, so how have these beings been able to become Buddhas? Um, they have this potential to become Buddha. They had this potential to become Buddhas because of the mental consciousness that they all possessed. Um, and their mental consciousness all had the same quality, which was that that mental consciousness lacked true establishment, lacked inherent existence. So like all of the Buddhas whose potential that allowed them to become Buddhas was that mental consciousness that is not truly established, all sentient beings have this mental consciousness that is not truly established. So therefore, because all sentient beings possess the same potential mental consciousness, we say that all sentient beings have this Buddha potential. Um, and the, the, the same way that the Buddhas of the past achieved their um, Buddhahood, we can, um, in the same, we can rely on the same method as the Buddhas uh, of the past um, did to achieve their Buddhahood. So we state that there is not 
any reason to establish that any sentient being doesn't have this potential. So there's no logical reason that can establish any among all sentient beings as not having Buddha nature. So all sentient beings have this Buddha potential. So whether a being is in the higher realm or the lower realm, because they possess mental consciousness, they necessarily possess Buddha potential. Uh, so it, uh, it shows that um, if one has a mental consciousness, then he or she uh, necessarily has Buddha potential. Um, so this same potential that allowed the Buddha to arise um, um, is found or is possessed by all sentient beings. There are no sentient beings which are non-possessors of uh, mental consciousness. Uh, so, <coughs> one thing from the last um, points. So, we say that all sentient beings have Buddha. Um, so, I went over this last week where I'm, um, just as a clarification for translation purposes, this isn't stating that there's a Buddha inside everyone that just needs to be uncovered and then it emerges. It's meaning that all sentient beings have Buddha. What does that mean? Have this potential. Um, so I just want to clarify, if I translate it as have Buddha, that's the literal way to translate it, but it's very misleading. Um, and I just want to make sure it doesn't cause others to arise at the wrong meaning of that. Um, so all sentient beings, whether higher or lower realms, have this potential. So when we look at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we'll see that this section on how to train in the perfection of patience, which is the third of the um, perfect great six perfections, third among the great six perfections, uh, has five categories. First, what patience is, so this again is the definition of patience, uh, literally, it would be the zupatseni, so what is the definition of patience, or, or the nature, uh, how to begin the cultivation of patience, so this is the method for cultivation. Third, the divisions of patience. Fourth, how to practice, and five is a summary of the, all these. Decent. Dane and Okay, um, so 
we now move on to this first, the first category of uh, the definition of patience or the nature of patience, what patience is. And when we look at how it's defined or what its qual qualities are, we see that it's expressed by three points. Um, Lama Tsongkhapa says that, that it define patience. Uh, so the first is, uh, so I'll read them then go over it. So the first is disregarding harm done to you. The second, accepting the suffering arising in your mind stream. And third, being certain about the teachings and uh, maintaining belief in them. Uh, so these are the three points. So going looking at the first one, disregarding harm done to you. Um, so here uh, we uh, can use, for example, um, a needle. Uh, um, so uh, if there is some sort of benefit inside of a needle, so an injection, um, then we will disregard that someone's harming us in a way by stabbing us with this needle in order to make the injection happen. Um, so we will um, disregard this, is this harm because we realize um, that it's of benefit to us. Uh, so this is uh, the first um, quality of the definition of patience and an example of of what this first one would be like. Uh, the second, Rinpoche said, we can use the same exact point, the injection, the needle, um, accepting the suffering arising in your mind stream. So again, you know that in your mind stream this suffering is arising, but you're willing to deal with that because you know of the benefit, you know of the result that's going to take place. Uh, and then number three, being certain about the teachings and firmly uh, maintaining, belief, uh, maintaining belief in them. Uh, this is having this certitude uh, under any circumstances, no matter what, um, and having this uh, certainty of um, faith that is Im almost immovable in a way. Uh, so this patience... The, so it's the patience of being certain about the teachings uh, and firmly maintaining belief in them. Okay, Digson Rimche. This is Rimche. Sumba, the book are right. So here you would be certain about the teachings, certain, for instance, that when I engage in virtuous activities, these virtuous activities lead to happiness. All my previous joys that I've encountered have been a result of virtuous practice, so therefore I practice virtue. Um, so this, uh, this certainty, uh, this is what the meaning of being certain about the teachings and firmly maintaining belief in them. It's um, um, having this patience uh, about the teachings because of knowing um, that all of these previous joys I had were because of virtue. Um, so that, that is a fact that the, as the translators note, that's a fact that the Buddha points out, that virtue leads to happiness. Um, so uh, this is having certainty in what the Buddha's teaching of that, so having patience because of this. So this is this patience that it, it's because of the certainty that you have but it also maintains this stability of faith. So it's kind of both of them. Uh, so the certainty um, is, is what drives it, but the, the patience maintains it in a way. So the reason you want this patience is because you're certain that this A leads to B, um, but 
And that's what drives one to be patient with everything that to undergo the teachings. Okay, Sopo Shasun, two Nejela Okay, so, so those three are what make patience, make up patience. So there are those things which are in opposition, direct, I guess it's, yeah, those things that are in direct opposition to those three. Uh, so we see that these are listed as well. Those that are, uh, it's written as incompatible. That's more, that's the most literal way to say it. These things are incompatible with, directly incompatible with these three. Uh, so we have first, there are three sets of factors incompatible with these. The first, uh, the word here is hostility. And the Tibetan really, it has that word, remember last week, is the word for hatred. Um, the first among the three poisons. Uh, so it's the same exact, I'm sorry, the second among the three poisons. Um, so uh, it's that word that's used um, for the second poison of hatred that is the opponent or that is the direct incompatible factor with the first disregarding harm done to you. Um, so, uh, so that uh, hatred um, is incompatible with disregarding harm done to you. And then it says, for the second, hostility and loss of courage. Once again, it says hatred and loss of courage. And this is um, no longer having the patience to endure the suffering. Um, so you no longer have this. So hatred makes this incompatible with accepting the suffering that arising in your mind stream and a loss of courage, not being courageous to accept the suffering. Uh, you don't have the courage to deal uh, with the suffering, so you lose your patience of dealing with suffering because you don't have the courage. And then it says, uh, third, disbelief and dislike. Um, so um, the, the thing that... Then they... Um, the mitun show sum lapsong. Then they cherong the tapa dan drool lapsong. They yanjur surunang. Tapa dan drool lapsong. Less so? Then what? Then I did doing it on the Zuba to get in a curse of Shedal Nudin Zamarbe. Shedan. Shedal Nugu entered. Ale. Okay, Tuche. Okay, Tuche. Um, so now these also, um, because of their incompatible, they're incompatible in both directions. Um, so the 
three that we just listed that are incompatible work in opposition to the three that are first mentioned. But the three that are first mentioned are not compatible with the three <coughs> that are were were uh, so the first three which are the the positives are also incompatible with the negatives so those positives cancel the negatives out so in in uh the point is is that when you walk into a, a dimly lit room and you think that a rope is a snake you have a grasping at this rope as being a snake once you understand that it's a rope it erases that grasping at it as being a snake. Likewise, once you have this, this patience of disregarding harm done to you, then you no longer have hatred. It cancels out hatred. If you have this patience accepting the sufferings arising in your mind stream, then this gets rid of the hatred and lack of courage or loss of courage. This, makes, this, is, this is courage that goes through that. Um, and then if you have uh, certainty about the teachings and firm uh, patience and being certain about the teachings and firmly maintaining belief in them, then this gets rid of disbelief and dislike in the teachings. Um, so not, not only do the negatives combat the positives, the positive combat the negatives. So by establishing the correct practices, just like establishing that a rope is a rope, one is able to negate the incorrect things. Sanjit Okay, um, so then perfecting patience means that you simply complete your conditioning to a state of mind wherein you have stopped your anger and the like. It is not contingent upon all living beings becoming free from undisciplined conduct because you would not be able to bring this about and because you accomplish your purpose just by disciplining your own mind. Uh, engaging in the bodhisattva deed states. Undisciplined persons are as limitless as space. You could never overcome them. If you conquer the single mental state of anger, it is like vanquishing all your enemies. Where could you get enough leather to cover the entire surface of the earth? 
Wearing just the leather of your sandals is like covering all the earth. Similarly, I cannot change external things, but when I change my state of mind, why do I need to change anything else? Um, so here, uh, when we're looking at the perfection uh, of patience, um, any perfection has uh, causal perfection and resultant perfection. Uh, so there are these uh, two types of perfection. So when we're speaking specific to uh, this, we're saying causal perfection of patience and resultant perfection of patience. Uh, uh, so causal perfection of, pati of patience is the um, perfection of patience that the bodhisattva engages in. Uh, so he or she engages in this causal practice to then become a Buddha, which then he um, means that he or she has resultant perfection of patience. Uh, so the perfection of the perfection uh, part of the perfections takes place at Buddhahood. Um, so the perfection of patience is only causal at the point of the bodhisattva. It becomes resultant when he or she becomes a Buddha. Um, Dixon. <coughs> Sadly, 
satin dada kuyoto tenye kuyu kalalan lati tanje kuyune satin tanje yodandas nusu hangu tan tamaya bajoba ina ana satin tanje kuyu bandabres kabanune tene kamalne tugmarwa da teji shiru shiru ngabaya da gishir shindu malakis Shiru dag na chung tu mare sun di sa dag sender shindu shindu dag sene shindu shai je jena dogo chishiku sa susu zoba te ab gonja da khondo te ab jonja ba ina wote jena gal wote din gres nasa ya shesos Okay. Uh, perfecting patience means that you simply complete your conditioning to a state of mind whereas you have stopped your anger and the like. It is not contingent upon all living beings becoming free from undisciplined conduct because you would not be able to bring this about and because you accomplish your purpose just by disciplining your own mind. Uh, so this goes to the example of Buddha Shakyamuni. Um, Buddha Shakyamuni achieved the perfection of patience achieved all of the perfections but we see that there are still angry people um, there are still so where it says that word undisciplined an example is somebody who's very angry an angry person so if it was uh, if buddhahood was contingent upon all beings removing their anger then buddhahood wouldn't be possible yet for anyone um, but we see that that's not the case. So what is the meaning? The meaning is that one has completely gotten rid of his or her own anger, has completely perfected his or her own patience. So by doing so, it's j- the same exact for the person who is experiencing someone who is being angry with them. Uh, so if a practitioner erases his or her own anger, then the reaction isn't there. So the what's there is the patience. So then the reaction no longer occurs. So it's just like removing all angry people because you no longer have this anger and that reaction. So your, pa- your patience in a way from in terms of your experience removes the a- anger removes the enemy um so your from your side when you have this patience it is like removing it is like vanquishing all of your enemies because you no longer see them as such you no longer have that label for them because they're not making you angry they're not you aren't seeing them as an enemy because they don't create this hatred reaction because you have patience for them so they no longer take on the i'm trying to translate this as best as possible because it's a very profound point that Rinpoche is making within this uh, that you vanquish all your enemies by getting rid of your anger is a very profound point but it it it's just as a translator's note it's like relabeling the things because in order for someone to be an an enemy of yours they have to do something that makes you angry when you don't have anger it unlabels them it doesn't make them have that power to be an enemy so it's like vanquishing them 
um, when you don't have that reaction anymore. Okay, so out of translator's note. So where it would be... Just like saying the whole world is very rough and there's a lot of rough surfaces, I need to find, in order to walk over it, I'm going to need to cover the entire earth with something soft like leather. Um, but if one were to think about it, if one were to just get good shoes with a nice thick bottom, then it would be, he or she would be able to walk over the entire earth as if it had been covered because he or she has a different condition from his or her own side that's making the experience totally different and it's making the earth no longer rough. Likewise, the patience makes the uh, enemy no longer an enemy, if you will. Um, it says, similarly, so where could you get enough leather to cover the entire surface of the earth? Wearing just the leather of your sandals is like covering all of the earth. Similarly, I cannot change external things, but when I change my state of mind, why do I need to change anything else? Um, so it's my reaction that projects these labels. Okay, so we have uh, the first completed now, what the patience is, the, the nature of patience. And now we move on to the next category is the, me the method, how to begin to cultivate this patience. And in this, uh, Jayan Sheba states in uh, the text called The Four Interwoven Commentaries on the Difficult Points of the Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment. Uh, uh, I forgot. There are four categories in that text. <laughs> I don't know if I said that yet. <laughs> ตัวเยอะจังสบกุมบาลันจูบิทอดมอนตูเยอะจังสบกุมบาลันจูบิทอดมอนตูเยอะจังรีจีอันนั้นสบกุมบิเพนอันนั้นสบมากุมบิเย
so now we begin the method of of cultivating patience so Jayan Sheba states four categories uh, so the first category goes from the beginning all the way up to the Arya Shura quote uh, so although there are many ways to cultivate patience so there are many different ways to cultivate patience but we're going to focus on uh, specifically benefits and downfalls benefits of patience and downfalls of not being patient so to begin I will explain the meditation on the benefits of patience and the faults of not being patient uh, the benefits are set forth uh, in the bodhisattva levels. Uh, so the Papa Tome Shansa. So this is from uh, um, Asanga's bodhisattva levels. It says the, bo the benefits are set forth there. Initially, bodhisattvas consider the benefits of patience. So Rinpoche just gave a um, little slight commentary as he read it, so I'm going to do it the same way. Um, Initially, bodhisattvas consider the benefits of patience. So they begin with looking at what the benefits of being patient are uh, in order to establish a desire to become patient. They think persons who have patience will not have many enemies later on and will not have many separations uh, from those to whom they are close. Uh, they will have much happiness and contentment. They will have no regret at the time of death. And upon the disintegration of their bodies, they will also be reborn among the deities in the happy realms of high status. Uh, by looking at such benefits, they are 
patient. They engage others in upholding patience, and they also praise patience. When they see patience persons, they are delighted and full of joy. Uh, so when uh, bodhisattvas look at scholars, look at those who um, hold patience to be important and those who have realized patience, um, when, when the bodhisattvas look at those persons and consider uh, the benefits that those persons have derived, have, have gotten, uh, they will then want to um, engage in this practice. They'll rejoice in them having practiced it, and it will bring joy. Um, so that will make them encouraged to do so themselves. So this is how the bodhisattva gains the inspiration, is by looking at these benefits. Stig Sung Rimche. Yes. Dixon. Oh, 
Okay, so um, we find in the Compendium of Perfections by Arya Shura, uh, we find the second point uh, that is made. Uh, so it says, it is said, Shiloka uh, needs, it is said, patience is the best approach for dealing with the inclination to disregard others' welfare. Patience against the fault of anger protects all that is excellent in the world. Patience is the best ornament of the powerful, the greatest strength for those who practiced asceticism, and a stream of water on the wildfire of malice. Patience clears away much harm in this and future lives. Uh, I'll just read to the end. The arrows of undisciplined people's words are dulled by a superior being's armor of patience. These unruly people give pleasant flowers of praise, which become attractive garlands of fame. Then Rimache, the Pak Lopum Pao Becha Lung Ni Yere Nicha Nipa Then Yunten Zuden Sinrup Jen Bai the Nipa Yunten Zuden Sinrup Jen Bai Pashi Duba the Parshin Dupa Okay Nibi to China Okay so um these unruly people give pleasant flowers of praise which become attractive garlands of fame. And also, patience is also the craftsman that creates a Buddha's embodiment of form adorned with the beautiful signs of good qualities. So all of that goes within number two. And um, so when we look at jewels that people can wear, uh, we look at... Um, uh, jewelry or adornments. Uh, it says, patience is the best ornament of the powerful. Um, uh, the greatest strength for those who practice asceticism, a stream of water on the wildfire of malice. Patience clears away much harm in this and future lives. Uh, because patience serves as an opponent to anger. So patience is incompatible with anger. So here it is said, Patience is the best approach for dealing with the inclination to disregard others' welfare. Patience against the fault of anger protects all that is excellent in this world. So patience serves as an antidote to anger. So therefore, anger is what disallows you to look for others' welfare. So if you get rid of that anger, then you would no longer disregard their welfare. You would look, start to work for their needs. Um, so we have um, working for one's own needs and then working for others' needs. When you clear away this anger um, by using patience as its opponent, then one is able to get rid of this disregard of others' welfare um, because you've applied an opponent to the anger and it says... Um, that those scholars, those people who really know, um, realize that um, patience is the most beautiful ornament because it not only adorns one in this life, it, uh, it carries over into one's future life as well and adorns them there, beautifies them there. So it's for that reason that we say it's the best ornament because it's the only ornament, well, I mean, it's not... It's, it's an ornament that, unlike jewelry we would normally look at to a, a, uh, as an ornament, jewelry is only in this life. This ornament lasts into future lives. Dig song, Ramache. And then we find, I forgot some things, I'm sorry. Uh, then we find in Lama Tsongkhapa's, um 
Lamrim Dudin, the abbreviated stages of the path where the same points are made about patience. Uh, and also we see the point in the um, uh, um, Precious Garland where it states that uh, um, uh, from patience a good appearance or beauty uh, occurs. Here in the abbreviated stages of the path it says, Patience is the best ornament to wear for those with power and the perfect aesthetic practice for those tormented by delusions. Uh, so it's very similar to what's said uh, in the Compendium of Perfections. Patience is the best ornament of the powerful, the greatest strength for those who practiced asceticism. Lama Tsongkhapa says, patience is the best ornament to wear for those with power and the perfect aesthetic practice for those tormented by delusions. Um, it is the soar high-soaring eagle as the enemy of the snake of anger, uh, the opponent of anger, and the thickest armor against the weapons of abusive language. Knowing this, having uh, the wise scholars have accustomed themselves in various ways and forms to armor to the armor of supreme patience. I, the yogi, have practiced just that way. If you also seek liberation, please cultivate yourself in just this way. Uh, so we find that in the Lamrim Dudan, the abbreviated stages of the path, and the same sentiment uh, that is mentioned in Lopun Pao's Aryashura's Compendium of Perfections text. So we see that patience is what creates the beauty, beauty of, in form. Then eh? So, so, um, so here we say that um, the beauty in form arises from previous patience. So this is uh, how we say that beauty arises. Now, this fact is when we look at the categories of, of phenomena or knowledge or phenomena, we'd say there are three. There's manifest, hidden, and extremely hidden. This would fall under the category of extremely hidden knowledge or extremely hidden phenomena um, that requires a faith and not reliance upon uh, direct signs in the same way. It's relying on the sign of faith. So how, how does one arrive at that, this belief that through patience this beauty arises? Um, and we find the quote from Arya Deva's 400 Verses, um, that says that, um, um, hold on one second. Yeah, I lost my place. So basically it says that when, when one uh, has a disbelief or has a, um, a, a problem with something that is hidden, um, then one needs to look at, uh, for instance, emptiness, and, and then uh, after relying on emptiness that has been presented by the Buddha, um, then one, uh, so by relying on the, the emptiness that has been, been presented by the Buddha, one can then uh, be, have faith in some of the other things that the Buddha said about that which is extremely hidden. Uh, so that's in the 400 verses. Um, and then we also find uh, a similar point made in um, 
Dharmakirti's Pramanavartika uh, Karika, uh, where Dharmakirti states that uh, you alone have pronounced uh, these four truths. Uh, once beings realize and have faith in this, then turn your faith to the other sentiments uh, that were expressed, or something to that effect. Uh, so both of these texts are basically saying that by relying upon uh, these things that are hidden, one can then, uh, that can be arrived at through um, relying on signs, uh, then one can have the faith that is required to then believe the things that are extremely hidden. Uh, so that's it. Digsung. So this is what we say um, uh, in Buddhism. We say that uh, this is how certain forms ar arise. What do you think we would say a scientist, how would a scientist say um, these various qualities arise? So Rinpoche just put that question out as he would. Digsung? Yeah. Bene? だってのまでのはてにばたでのたれそうそうねあ、ニパでねパクトですかでなあでねラムツンカパガツででシェシェセムチェンギでロドゥギシェンドゥンレイミトパダンゲイツゲイサドゥマでニパソンバ ゲイツアワドンバカバでソムジャグチュゴゴトダテンビマドザジュジデレベでシェセムチェンギロドゥギでロドゥギシェンドゥンアレオンワデロンドダノシェセンジェジロドゥロドゥジェイスタロンボ先生就是我的那個工人啊,先生的路都我的那個經驗的那個人啊,先生的路都是路都嘛的。Lesser。She,先生,she,先生,路都就是,那那個經驗的我的說給,那個說的那個人啊,那個經驗的路都嘛的。
ወተ ገዛኞን ጎርታ ገዛ ተማንጆን ጋቶባናጂ ቶ ታባታስጂ ሞዶዋሽ በካቶባናጂ ንጋዋገናነ ቶቺሽናዲሰጎሳሪ ቶ ታባታ ነሰጂ መቸሙጆምቢ ቺጂዳስ ነሰጂ ማትኮንዱት ሜጊ ሜዞዙ ከባሮታ ቼናጊጂዲ ወተነክ ጀንሶ ወዞ ጀንሶታ ሜቾዘዙ ኮንዱቶ ወተ ሜዞዙ ከበረዞዙ ነሞዶዋሽ ወተዘባተ ဒီဆုံးကလေးဂျူကလေးဆိုတော့ဟာပါဝောဆာဝောတဘာတွေညီပါတွေညီပါတွေဝောညီပါနာပါဝောအနန်ဒလွန်ဂုတ်ဆိ
my my wrong. <laughs> I read the wrong page. Thus, Arya Shura prays. So this is all within number two. I just skipped over. I've got like five books going over here right now. I'm sorry about that. Um, so uh, this is all within number two. Thus, Arya Shura praises patience by way of its many benefits and stops you from turning away from others' welfare on account of living beings' misperceptions. It protects you from anger, the enemy that destroys many roots of virtue. It is a captivating ornament uh, I see what I did. It says the same thing over here. It is a captivating ornament because it endures the harm of those of little power. It is the excellent strength of aesthetics who are tormented by the afflictions. It is a stream of water that uh, extinguishes the, the wildfire of malice. It's the armor that cannot be pierced by the arrows of undisciplined persons. Um, misperceptions. It is a skilled artisan who creates a fine form of golden color that captivates the eyes and minds of beings. So that is where number two ends. Um, so it's saying that because um, patience is incompatible with anger, it protects you from anger. Um, so that's the point that's being made here. And patience allows, allows you um, because this, it's incompatible with this hatred, it also then becomes incompatible with disregarding others' needs, disregarding harm done to others, disregarding others' needs. Um, so um, the enemy, it says, the enemy that destroys many roots of virtue, uh, hatred destroys many roots of virtue. Um, it is captivating ornament because it endures the harm of those of little power. It is the excellent strength of aesthetics. Okay, so I just want to make sure I don't miss anything Rinpoche spoke of. It, it's the stream of water. Uh, so it's the, uh, the direct opponent um, to all of these negativities, just as mentioned ab uh, above. Um, Rinpoche. So that's all number two. So number three then begins with a quote from a guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. Uh Shemala 
Okay, Tuche. Um, so then, number three, furthermore, engaging in the Bodhisattva's deeds states, whoever works hard and overcomes anger is happy in this and future lives. When you rely on patience continually, which becomes the opponent to that which is incompatible with hatred or anger, you do not spoil your joyful attitude. So you are always happy even in this life. Uh, so not only, um, as a note, normally Buddhism is focused only on future life and not any results of goodness in this life, but it's saying there's a byproduct here that will happen, that you will uh, be happy. That's why it says even in this life, because it's not normal for Buddhism to talk about things of this life and gaining happiness in this life. Uh, so it says, uh, so you are always happy even in this life. Moreover, patience stops miserable rebirths in future lives. Uh, so moreover, patience stops miserable rebirths in future lives, gives uh, special rebirths in happy realms, and ultimately bestows certain goodness. Uh, um, so you are utterly happy in this in future lives. So it's showing all of the results that one uh, can have as by engaging in virtue, um, good, in having happiness in future lives, being free of the miserable realms, uh, and then not only ha um, um, having happiness, um, but being able to be in a position to achieve certain goodness, which is Buddhahood or um, in this case, it could be nirvana. <coughs> um, I wonder if that, I can find that certain word. So, Rinpoche said um, that we know, so the way that one can be uh, completely happy is to achieve this liberation. Um, so, this is the, the certainly good state. Um, so, that ends number three. ネイサンバディクシンジョンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴンゴン
Okay, so I was just asking Rinpoche about specifically certain goodness, and that refers to liberation. It can mean uh, Hinayana or Buddhahood. So it just means liberation in general. So as we know, there's uh, many types of liberation. Um, so this means all certain goodness in the, is referring to nirvana uh, at least, any, any of among the nirvanas. Uh, so um, all of this, uh, one realizes that um, patience, practicing patience continually, um, it says, makes you happy in this and future lives, and the ultimate happiness occurs from it, which is um, liberation, omniscience. Digsum. ジュンディジンデワンデワランゲパシュタラテンポマニジパトゴンブルシャウスチュニミニミラニミラマトユニミニミネワタテンメカシュゴレタテダラソビジョバゴンビペンジョバゴンビペンジュンデバラソバネペ
Um, so here, um, Shanti Deva makes the point that when one um, becomes angry, uh, it it destroys this thousand eons of 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 virtues that one's collected. But we find a different sentiment in um, Chandrakirti's text where he says, therefore a moment's anger towards the conqueror's child destroys the virtue arising from generosity and ethical discipline accumulated over a hundred eons. Uh, so here, this says a hundred eons, the other says a thousand. Uh, what is the difference? Uh, both is referring to becoming angry with a bodhisattva. Um, the difference is that the first one in Shanti Deva's case that says that you destroy a thousand eons of virtue is referring to a non-bodhisattva becoming angry at a bodhisattva. The next case, which is ref uh, showing 100 eons of uh, virtue being extinguished, is referring to a bodhisattva who gets angry, angry at a higher bodhisattva. So a bodhisattva, for instance, on the path of accumulation that gets angry, what's wrong with me, that gets angry at a bodhisattva on perhaps the path of preparation. So if a bodhisattva on the path of accumulation gets mad at a bodhisattva on the path of preparation, then at that point, uh, 100 eons of virtue has been extinguished. Whereas the other case where it says a thousand eons in Shanti Deva's text, this is referring to a non-bodhisattva getting angry at a bodhisattva. Then Kalpa Dun Kabiare. Kalpa Jaire, you know the Kalpa Dun Shunju, you know the Sanjay Kabasumpre. Less so. Um, so it says, uh, um, Arya Shura, then the Jipa or Jipasar? Okay, this is all contained within number four. Arya Shura formulated this exactly as it is presented in engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds. The play of Manjushri Sutra mentions the destruction of virtue accumulated over a hundred eons, and also Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way says that the virtue accumulated over a hundred eons of conditioning to the perfections of generosity and ethical discipline is destroyed even by the generation of just a momentary angry thought. So what I was asking Rinpoche is, I was saying, where is Shanti Deva's and Arya Deva's source then is that in the sutra, and he said that um, because there's many levels of anger, and and there's uh, the participants um, who have anger, 
um, have higher levels of anger. And so in some way, um, you would find in the sutras that ordinary beings and these levels of anger and somehow come to this presentation. Or, you know, that's not, Rinpoche didn't say, there's nowhere it says a thousand, but he said that you, because of the levels of anger that beings have left, an ordinary being who's not a bodhisattva versus a bodhisattva, this is the level of anger that occurs at that moment is more powerful, and that's why, and then the basis that you're angry at is a powerful basis, and then that's what makes it more because of the power of the anger, the level of the anger of the participant and the basis that you, the participant is participating at. Anyway, uh, so that's um, Dixon. The Okay. And then um, it says, concerning who or what the recipient of the destructive anger. So when we look at um, anger, there is an object of observation of the anger. Uh, so a person or an object of observation. Um, so it's saying here, what does that object of observation have to be in order for this hundred eons, etc., to be meet, to be correct? Uh, so that's what the point is. Concerning who or what the recipient of such destructive anger must be, some say that it must be bodhisattvas, while others assert that it is recipient, recipients in general. The former accords with the statement in the commentary on the... On the middle way. Therefore, a moment's anger towards a conqueror's child destroys the virtue arising from the generosity and ethical discipline accumulated over a hundred eons. So, this quote from Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way, commentary on the Mulya Madhyamika Karika, is the same as the point that's made in the play of Manjushri Sutra. Um, so, it's saying that Chandrakirti's statement accords with what's been presented in that sutra. Decent. Da Shanjusamba 
ਤੁਸੀਂ ਜਿਸੇ ਜੀ ਕਿਉਂ ਤੋਂ ਦੇ ਮਦਨ ਹਾਸੇ ਬਤਰ ਤਾਜੇ ਗੋਨ ਜੋਬਾ ਰੋ ਸੋਸ ਨਾ ਯੂਦੇ ਸ਼ਾਸਨ ਸੁਗੇ ਮਾ ਤੋ ਲੋਂ ਲਾ ਸਾ ਸ਼ਾਸਨ ਸੁਗੇ ਮਾ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਮਾ ਇਨ ਮਾ ਇਮ ਦਾ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਜਿਸੇ ਜੀ ਕਿਉਂ ਤੋਂ ਕਿਉਂ ਤੋਂ ਕਿਉਂ ਤੋਂ ਯੋ ਨੰਦਾ ਮੈਂ ਨੰਦਾ ਦੇ ਮਦਨ ਹਾਸੇ ਬਤਰ ਤਰਜੀ ਗਵਾਜੂ ਬਨ ਜਾਵਾ ਸੋਸੋਸ ਨੇ ਸ਼ਾਜੂ ਸਾਹਿਬਾ ਇਹਨਾਂ ਦਾ ਮਾਇਨਾ ਕੋਲੋਂ ਲਾ ਸੋਨਾ ਨਵਤ ਗਦਾ ਜੋਂ ਲਗਦੇ ਸਨ ਜਾ ਸੋਸੋਸ ਸ਼ਗੀ ਤੋ ਜੋਂ ਬਲਾ ਸ਼ਾਸੇ ਲਾ ਛਬਾ ਮਗੋ ਤੇ ਜਦੋਂ ਨੇ ਗਦਾ ਜੋਂ ਬਲਾ ਸ਼ਾਜੂ ਸਾਹਿਬਾ ਲੋਂ ਲਾ ਗੋਗੋ ਮਾਰਿਸ ਪਤੀਲੇ ਫਾਪਾ ਥਾਂਚੀ ਵੇਬਾ ਮਾਈ ਜੋਂ ਲੈ ਚਾਂ ਗਲੋਂ ਤਾ ਗਲੋਂ ਕੇ ਦਿੱਤਾ ਸਤਾਂ ਸਮੇ ਛੇਤੇ ਲਾਇਆ ਲਾ ਥਾਂਚੀ ਜੀ ਸਾਚਤ ਸੰਤਾਂ ਸ਼ੇਬਲਤੂ ਚੰਬਤ ਤਲਾਸੋਸ ਚੰਬਤ ਤਲਾਸੋਸ ਗਲੋਂ ਤਾ ਦੇ ਸਾਚਤਾਂ ਕੇ ਸ਼ੇਨੇ ਵੀ ਉਹ ਪਾਸੇ ਜਿਤ ਜਿਤੋਨਾ ਸੇ ਜੇ ਖੁਲਨਾ ਲਾ ਤੁਬੀ ਬਨਾ ਸ਼ਮਾ ਜਨੇ ਵਬਤ ਜੇ ਤੋ ਗਲੋਂ ਦੇ ਖੁਲਜੂ ਜੈਸੇ ਤੋਂ ਜੋ ਤੋ ਲੋਂਸ਼ੇ ਬੰਜੋ ਰੋ ਸ਼ੇਸ਼ਾਵਨ ਸ਼ੇਸ਼ਾਵਨ ਐਸਾ ਸਦਾ ਦੇਂਬਾ ਨਿਵਾ ਕੁਜੇ ਚੋਂਦੇ ਦੇ ਕਲਾਵਾਤਰ ਰੋਜ਼ ਥਮਜਾਦੇ ਸਿਨਵਾ ਕੋ ਨੇ ਤੁਤੇ ਚੋਂਦੇ ਦੇ ਲਦਗੀ ਸੋਸੋਸ ਚੋਂਦੇ ਦੇ ਚੋਂਦੇ ਦੇ ਚੋਂਦੇ ਦੇ ਜੇ ਗਲੋਂ ਕੀ ਗੀਤਾ ਦਤਾ ਬਚਵਾ ਸੋਨਾ ਚੋਂਦੇ ਦੇ ਗਤਾ ਤੇ ਗਦਾ ਤਦਾ ਕਾਂ ਤੋ ਸੇਬਤਾ ਸਭ ਯੂ ਸੋ ਸ਼ਵਾਤਾ ਯੂ ਸੇਬਤ ਜਰੋ ਨਿਵਾ ਕੁਝ ਚਤਰ ਸੰਭਤ ਸੰਭਤ ਸ਼ਬਾ ਲਮਾ ਸ਼ੋਬਤਾ ਮੈਂ ਬਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਮੈਂ ਬਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਤਾ ਬਨੇ ਮਾਤੋ ਤੇ ਨਿਵਾ ਕੋ ਤੇ ਗੀਤਾ ਚੰਬੋ ਗੀਤਾ ਚੰਬੋ ਦਦਾਸ ਸਭਤਾ ਯੂ ਸੋ ਸ਼ਵਾਤਾ ਉਸ ਸੇਬਾ ਜੋਰਸ ਤਾਕਾਦੇ ਵਾਤੇ ਜੋਬਾ ਗੁਗੇ ਨਾ ਫੇਮ ਮੂਵੀ ਵਾਰੇ ਤੇ ਨਾ ਗਵਲ ਫੇਮ ਮੂਵੀ ਵਾਰੇ ਉਹ ਤੁਸਕਾ ਮਾਨਿਆਂ ਦੇ ਆਗੇ ਨੇ ਚੂਏ ਤੇ ਕਰਸ ਨਾ ਲੂਣ ਲਾਇਆ ਤਾਂ ਸਮਾਂ ਸਮਾਂ ਸੇ ਬਲੂਣ ਲਾਵਾ ਤੇ ਸੁਗੇ ਉਹ ਤੇ ਗਵਾ ਗਵਾ ਨੇ ਬਤ ਮਾਨਿਆਂ ਦਾ ਰਸ ਉਹ ਤੇ ਸੁਣਦੇ ਸਰ ਕਾਲੇ ਜੁ ਕਾਲੇ ਓਕੇ ਸੋ ਇਟ ਸੇਸ ਥੈਨ then the 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 rangdre the dao drapa um uma jupa jujre long i mean uh, rangdre rangdre okay with respect to the person who gets angry chandrakirti's explanation of the middle way commentary says so this is an auto commentary uh, says uh, that if anger even by bodhisattva destroys their roots of virtue it goes without saying that anger of non bodhisattvas towards bodhisattvas does regardless of whether the recipient of the anger is ascertained to be a bodhisattva or whether the perceived faults that cause the anger are real 
The destruction of virtue is said nonetheless to be just as explained above. The virtue accumulated over a hundred eons is lost. In general, for there to be a destruction of the roots of virtue, it is not required that the anger be toward bodhisattvas, the compendium of training states. The text of Arya Saravasti Vadans also says, Bhagavan said, Monks, consider a monk who makes a full prostration to a stupa that contains a Buddha's hair and nails and who has an attitude of faith. So be it, revered one. Revered one. Monks, this monk will experience rains as a universal monarch, a thousand times the number of grains of sand, 84,000 leagues under the ground, his prostrate body covers, down to the disk of gold that supports the earth. Then Venerable Upali, who is located off to the side from where the Bhagavan was seated, bowed with hands joined respectively and asked, The Bhagavan has said that this monk's roots of virtue are so great, O Bhagavan, how are these roots of virtue used up, diminished, erased, and extinguished? Upali, when such a sin as malice is done to a fellow practitioner, to fellow practitioners, it is like a wound or a maiming. I cannot see its full impact, Apali. This diminishes, erases, and extinguishes those great roots of virtue. Therefore, Apali, if you would not feel malice towards a burned stump, what need to mention feeling that way toward a body with consciousness? Sajasanshi Okay, okay. So this is so beneficial because it shows us how powerful these actions that we do are. Uh, we see the presentation of making a prostration to a holy stupa and, and what that creates. Um, so it, it says, the text of the Arya Sarvara, sorry everyone, the text of the Arya Sarvara, Sarvastivadin, Sarvastivadins also says, the Bhagavan said, consider, monk, consider a monk who makes a full prostration to a stupa that contains a Buddha's hair and nails and who has an attitude of faith. So be it revered one. 
monks, this monk will experience reigns as a universal monarch, a thousand times the number of grains of sand, 84,000 leagues under the earth, his prostrate body covers, down to the disk of gold that supports the earth. So according to the, the, this system, it says that uh, when you, you go um, into the earth, all the way down to the bottom. At the bottom layer, there's this gold basis. Um, it says gold disc. Sounds like a globe. But <laughs> it says that golden. Anyway, so, so there's this golden basis that is at the bottom, according to this, of the earth. Um, so it's basically saying the amount of atoms that there would be in the amount of body space you cover all the way down from the where you're prostrating to th through the earth to where the bottom of the earth would be. If you were to take the number of atoms that that space all the way down would create and multiply them times a thousand, then that would be, um, it, it says, uh, the, the amount um, of uh, times you, ex it says, monks, this monk will experience reigns as a, muni uh, uh, reigns as a universal monarch. So that many times. So a thousand times the amount of atoms, Rinpoche is saying, um, that would be in that area, you would be born as a universal monarch. Uh, so this is the leader of all of the, the universe. Uh, so it, it's saying that's showing the power of one prostration done with faith, with the mind, um, with a proper mind. Dixon. Uh, he's saying, but now scientists have great machines and they're able to look into the earth and they may say there isn't this golden area that we speak of. It's, it's possible. But, and I said, what I said to Rinpoche is maybe they don't know either. So that's what I said. But he said that these, this though makes us have to um, further investigate this doubt that word doubt a need for further investigation so we see that all Buddhists both Hinayana Buddhists and Mahayana Buddhists um, make prostrations and circumambulate the stupas uh, so why we see why here and we see uh, the value of doing so and just as a translator's note, the reason I said maybe not is our karma disallows us to see things at times that are there. So once you have that in the equation, then the machine doesn't work unless the person has the karma to have a machine that can see it. So that's why I said maybe not. Just to, as a note. So we see the power of the object that uh, here in this case, the uh, stupa, um, uh, if someone uh, circumambulates or bows, we see the amount of, of atoms when there's a prostration made, multiplied times a thousand is the amount of virtues, if you will, that are created. Um, this is why we make offerings and circumambulate and prostrate and so forth because of this powerful basis. So it's very beneficial to circumambulate 
the the stupa. Yene the tepagu. The the
So we're just uh, upali when a sin such as uh, malice is done to a fellow practitioner. It's like a wound or a maiming. You cannot see its full impact. So when you see the wound, you only see the outside. You don't see everything underneath and all of the full impact. Um, likewise, um, when these roots of virtue go away um, because of a negativity, uh, you don't see the impact, even though this has been, you know, it's hurt hurt you. It's just like what's underneath a wound. Um, it's then, therefore, if you do not feel malice towards a burned stump, what need to mention feeling that way toward a body with consciousness? And Rinpoche and I are just trying to d dig into that meaning there. The the lakpa tishena the meja. Then my yure. The lakpa la lun langamare. Then garishene. I don't know. I don't want, I have an idea, but I don't want to. He's saying it's very similar um, to all this, everything that's being been mentioned, that um, our roots of virtue are, uh, are taken away when we, when we are angry at fellow practitioners or we say harsh words or something to that effect. Um, at that point, we don't see the harm we've done to ourselves, but it's there. Uh, so that's the basic meaning. In this thing, may jot and garshine. Gaza jumbitan, Gaza jumbitan, talk country Gaza jungles road. Jones at the Gander Gandes Jones, Titana Gardes, Gaza jumbitan, Haji Gawanaji, Haji Gawanaji, never near the Jibin, never Jones, and the Hassasa will go out to the Gandrevel, Devil Dawaiung Road. The word there. ジョンね、ジェブンジェバ、ジャンシンで ただ Solange Shiribala <laughs> 
Dene lenja pongdu. Jobayina Nami Susuji never doji Magoa jumpies. Never dojas on Shadan Jena and then Magoa Jutus or Tesdan Wajro. Jumpy Tabalan Seven Bomba Mayan Tadu Jenna Tejan Namaji by Massibishes. ジェンダーテージナメジュトマニャバトイズスレッサーランランガナメシュネセビレグムググムグヤンサバンポバミアンスランランガナメシュネのコントロナナアネギナメシュモレガワトチェナンコントリナメパシュモレコニヤワテ
So anger, for instance, will give its effect first, but it's certainly not the case that the seeds of the roots of virtue will not issue effects when they later meet with requisite conditions. Because given that no mundane path can eliminate the seeds that are to be eliminated, uh, it is impossible to have an elimination of the seeds of the affliction. So uh, we see this mundane path word that's used here. There are two kinds of paths, mundane and super-mundane, worldly, non-worldly, sometimes translated as um, and if it is not at the path of seeing, it is necessarily a mundane path. Path of seeing is where super mundane begins. Um, anything below that is mundane, is an ordinary being's experience. Um, so uh, here it's saying that because you can't eliminate the seeds with um, mundane um, things, you're just putting it off putting the fruition off until the causes and conditions later meet. It's just delaying it. Uh, so the response is, this reasoning is unsound because even the purification wherein ordinary beings clear away non-virtue by means of its remedy, the four powers of confession, it is not an elimination of its seeds. Nevertheless, through the seeds of this non-virtue may come... Uh, Though the seeds of this non-virtue may later meet with their requisite conditions, they cannot issue a fruition. So when you apply the four opponent powers, the power of regret, the power of commitment, the uh, power of antidote, and the power of um, basis, uh, you then stop these seeds from being able to come to fruitions. Even virtuous and non-virtuous karma that are spent upon issuing their individual fruitions do not lose their seeds. Nevertheless, even when the seeds of such karma meet henceforth with the requisite conditions, it is impossible for the fruitions to arise. And when you attain the peak and uh, forbearance levels of the path of preparation. So when we look at the path of preparation, there are four levels, heat, peak, patience, or forbearance, and the last mundane state. Uh, so when it's saying here, when you reach the third and fourth level, uh, when you attain the heat peak, second peak patience, second and third uh, le levels of the path of prep when you attain peak and forbearance, heat peak. So the second and third levels of the path of uh, preparation, you do not eliminate the seeds of non-virtue that cause wrong views and miserable rebirths. Nevertheless, even though the seeds of this non-virtue may meet with the requisite conditions, they cannot give rise to wrong views or a miserable rebirth. Um, the cooperating conditions not there. Uh, furthermore, this reasoning is unsound because as the earlier citation um, <laughs> So it says, um, and then the class will be over. Then they saw Rinpoche. The yeah. Jutsu Juchi. Oh, 
So in, we find in the um, Basu Bandhu's text, in the Abhidharma text, where it speaks about how actions give rise to cyclic existence. So, for instance, when uh, it says at the time of death, the way that our actions project or give rise to our next rebirth is as follows. Um, if whatever we have a stronger uh, familiarization with uh, at the time uh, of death, it's virtue or non-virtue, will be, if it's virtue, higher realms. If it's non-virtue, lower realms. Now, if you have the same amount of virtue and non-virtue, familiar, it seems, if there seems to be the same amount, then whatever happened sooner, so uh, whatever um, virtue or non-virtue is closest to uh, that time. If that's the same, then it's whatever at that very minute moment you're more familiar with. Uh, so those are the ways that Vasubandhu says uh, your future rebirth is created. If it's, it's whatever is more prevalent first, either virtue or non-virtue, if that's the same, whatever happened closer to the time of death, and if that's the same, then whatever is on your mind, whatever is more familiar at the time. Deeksum. Okay, so now we're concluding mandala offering uh, and dedication prayer. <coughs> and thank you, everyone. And I think we have a short meeting, I believe, I'm not sure, afterwards. Um, so if anyone who's not on the board um, uh, could just leave <laughs> right after class, that way we can get done with the... the Oh, okay, so there is no meeting. So, freedom. Uh, so we do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land, surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Uh, do that. Um, so perfect.